The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. The fundamental unit of society is the family, and the foundation of family is marriage. Or is it? For quite some time, the public's view of marriage has been changing. Once a solid and lifelong commitment between a man and a woman who vow fidelity to each other until death do we part, now marriage, while still popular, is seen differently. Many even consider the concept of marriage between a man and a woman to be obsolete. Is marriage as we know it truly dead? If it is, what are the consequences to society and civilization? And what is the ultimate fate of marriage? Join us today on Tomorrow's World as we discuss the death of marriage. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. I'm glad you're able to join us today. And today's topic is an important one, marriage. The venerable institution of marriage has been in a state of transition for quite some time. In November of 2010, prompted by the royal engagement of Prince William of England and Catherine Middleton, Time Magazine ran a cover story asking the question, who needs marriage? And an increasing number of people are asking that question as the years progress. In a national public radio story in December 2011 titled, When It Comes to Marriage, Many More Say I Don't, correspondent Jennifer Ludden reported that the share of adults in the U.S. who were married had dropped to a record low of 51%. The report was produced by the Pew Research Center, and Ludden reported on the findings, quote, Half a century ago, nearly 60% of 18 to 29-year-olds were married. Today, it's just 20%. But the Pew Report finds fewer married people across all age groups. In their place, more singles, single parents, couples living together, many having children without marrying. In fact, some 40% of all U.S. births are now to unmarried mothers. That is a profound change. The family is the fundamental unit of society. And traditionally, marriage has been on the foundation of that family. Are we witnessing the death of marriage as we know it? If so, what would be the consequence of the demise of marriage for civilization and why? And can we know where all of this will lead and the ultimate fate of the institution of marriage? On today's Tomorrow's World program, we want to consider these very questions in the illuminating light that only God's Word can provide. We'll also provide you an opportunity to request our powerful free booklet, God's Plan for Happy Marriage. Be sure to note the contact information that you'll see on your screen to order this free booklet. Now, of course, in our day, we don't need studies and surveys to tell us that marriage is in a state of remarkable transition. Perhaps the most dramatic indicator of this transition in our modern day has been the growing acceptance of the concept of same-sex marriages, a form of legal union that would have been unthinkable only one generation before has now been endorsed on the grandest stage of all by no less an authority than the President of the United States, who made same-sex marriage a key element in his 2013 inauguration speech, saying, 
Our journey is not complete until our gay brothers and sisters are treated like everyone else under the law. For if we are truly created equal, then surely the love we commit to one another must be equal as well. The concept of same-sex marriage is gaining ground in the U.S. with successes in elections and court cases. They have been legally allowed and accepted throughout Canada since 2005 and in South Africa since 2006. The House of Commons in the United Kingdom overwhelmingly approved of same-sex marriages in February of 2013, as did the National Assembly of France. Votes in the U.K.'s House of Lords and France's Senate were still pending as of the time of this taping. Now, part of what's behind this phenomenon is the growing view that marriage is simply a, an arbitrary human social contract, which mankind is able to rewrite however we desire, an agreement between adults that involves no one but them to be created or dissolved at will. For instance, it wasn't long ago that two married individuals who wanted to divorce had to demonstrate certain causes and faults before they were allowed to dissolve that sacred commitment. Now, increasingly, the rule of the day is no-fault divorce, in which a married person may seek to dissolve his or her marriage at will. The challenge to traditional marriage didn't begin recently. For decades, the sense of the sacredness of marriage has been diluted until nothing of that sacredness remains. Rather than a divine institution, marriage is seen as a, a social construct, an accidental product of human evolution to be altered however we please, at will and at whim. Rather than the uniquely sanctified place for sexual relations between a husband and wife, marriage and sex have been completely divorced from each other. And sex today is seen as biological recreational activity for any group of consenting adults with virtually no true moral boundaries whatsoever, let alone any boundaries related to marriage. If anything... The implied boundaries of marriage are considered by many to be a, a hindrance to sexual pleasure and freedom. The 2011 Time Magazine article mentioned earlier presented the results of a Pew Research Center study on current attitudes about marriage. The survey showed that around 40% of Americans think that marriage is obsolete. Under the age of 35, 44% of Americans believe marriage is headed for extinction. Also in the U.S., since 1990, the number of couples living together without bothering to commit to each other in marriage has more than doubled. And cohabitation before marriage is becoming the new norm in our civilization. As already mentioned, around 41% of all children born in the United States are now born to unwed mothers. And for those under 30, it's 53%. And the U.S. isn't alone. According to the EU's European Commission, births outside of marriage are generally just as common in many parts of Europe, 47% in the UK, as high as 65% in Iceland, and those rates have been increasing over the last six years. Traditional marriage is simply no longer seen as an essential element of society. These are the trends, but what are the results? Has the removal of marriage from its traditional role in the family produced good results? Are children being reared in a healthier environment? Is all of this progress? Should the death of marriage be celebrated? As you can imagine, with a topic as potentially emotional as this, the results are highly debated. In the July 2012 issue of Social Science Research, 
University of Texas professor Mark Regnerus published a study based on 15,000 Americans between the ages of 18 and 39 and concluded that on 40 different measures of children's mental and emotional health and welfare, the children of parents who'd been in same-sex relationships fared much worse than those parents who were married and heterosexual. The report caused a firestorm of controversy, with many accusing the study of flawed methodology. On the matters of divorce and cohabitation outside of marriage, the Institute for American Values and the National Marriage Project published their review of sociological research on the effects of these factors on children and family life titled, Why Marriage Matters. Among the many conclusions they draw, the team of researchers noted that children whose parents divorce have higher rates of psychological distress and mental illness. Cohabitation is associated with higher levels of psychological problems among children. Divorce and unmarried childbearing increase poverty for both children and mothers, and cohabitation is less likely to alleviate poverty than is marriage. And parental divorce or failure to marry appears to increase children's risk of school failure. Even after adjusting results to account for differences in factors such as income levels and parents' levels of education, researchers found that as damaging as divorce can be on the children of those families, cohabitating without marriage is even more devastating on children than divorce. As explained by Bradford Wilcox, lead author of the report, Cohabitation looks a lot less appealing from the vantage point of children who find themselves in a household headed by cohabiting parents. Children in cohabiting families are about twice as likely to drop out of high school, use drugs, or end up depressed compared with children in intact married families. These are also at least three times more likely to be physically, sexually, or emotionally abused, according to a recent federal report. In their conclusion, the researchers noted, marriage is more than a private emotional relationship. It is also a social good. Marriage may be dying, but the evidence suggests that our society is increasingly suffering for its loss. What is it about marriage that makes it so special? Why does traditional marriage, above all other alternate forms of family structure, provide a foundation for happy and successful families? And what ultimately will be the future of marriage? We'll discuss these answers to these questions in the remaining portion of our program. But first, let me give you an opportunity to request our free informative booklet today, God's Plan for Happy Marriage. So many fail to have the dynamic, loving marriage they want to experience simply because they lack the basic tools they need. Others are enjoying good marriages when they could be having great ones. This free booklet will lay out for you living principles that provide true keys to joyous, lifelong marriages. As always on Tomorrow's World, there is no cost and no obligation at all. Simply call, click, or write and request your free copy today. To request today's free informative offer, visit us on the internet at tomorrowsworld.org. Go to tomorrowsworld.org. Welcome back. In our previous segment, we discussed how the concept of marriage, real godly marriage, seems to be evaporating out of the fabric of our culture, and our civilization is beginning to pay a price. Why is marriage so vital? Well, regardless of the theories of social scientists and anthropologists on the matter, the fact remains that God is the author and creator of marriage. 
It is He who designed it from the beginning. When we open God's Word, we find that marriage in the family is not a product of evolutionary pressures or simple strategies of gender dominance or chance cultural development. Marriage was directly designed by Almighty God. Let's look at that together. We read of God's creation of the first man and woman in Genesis, chapters 1 and 2. The man he called Adam, and we read of the creation of Eve in chapter 2. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God created man and woman and placed them together in a marriage at the dawn of civilization. As long as there has been man on the earth, there has been the institution of marriage. Around 4,000 years later, Jesus Christ himself spoke on this matter when he was questioned by the Jewish leaders of the day on the matter of divorce. We find Matthew's record of the exchange in chapter 19 and beginning in verse 3. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. All Christians should acknowledge that Jesus Christ recognized God as the creator of marriage, that it was God who made them male and female, who binds them together as a married couple, saying what God has joined together let not man separate. And yet in all of our experimentation as a society, aren't we doing just that? Are we not in a very real way tearing asunder what God has placed together? In taking man and woman and binding them together in a state of marriage, God created the first family. Built on marriage and designed by God, it provides a fundamental unit from which civilization is built. It is God who places the family in this position, not mankind. And it is God to whom we will answer for replacing what he has created with different ideas of our own. Can we out God, God? Can we design a better family structure than he has? The demise of marriage has indeed had its own consequences in our society. Yet the few statistics and study results we looked at in the beginning of our program don't even begin to approach the magnitude of the fundamental damage we wreak in the foundations of our society, civilization, and way of life when we throw out marriage and family as God has designed it. Mankind cannot long endure without the lessons best learned in the family God designed. Let's look at just one of those lessons in 1 Timothy in chapter 5, where Paul is instructing the young minister on how to relate in his work to those around him. 
Reading in verses 1 and 2, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. We learn how to properly respect our elders and other authorities, even when we disagree with them, and how we were taught to relate to our parents. We learn how to love and serve our peers and how we related to our siblings. A world without healthy families built on the firm, stable foundation of godly marriages is a world in which all respect for authority is increasingly mocked and ridiculed and in which people around us increasingly look like nothing more than means for fulfilling our own selfish purposes and desires. Be honest with yourself. Is that not the world of mockery and self-seeking that we are increasingly seeing today? Is it any wonder that when we begin to alter the design of marriage and family to ignore the manufacturer's instructions, then we begin to get lousy results? God not only created marriage as the designer of marriage, he loved us enough to tell us how to do it right, how to set ourselves on the best possible footing for ourselves and our families. One area in which he is crystal clear concerning establishing true, solid, and lasting marriages is in the proper place of sexual relations. We read earlier that God created Adam and Eve male and female. He then is the designer of sex and sexual intimacy. And he knows how it is best enjoyed for the fulfilling of our best needs and purposes. Yes, sexual intimacy and romantic love between husband and wife is very good, a gift from a loving creator. Far from being something vile or dirty that should never be enjoyed, God uses his word to declare the joys of the union of husband and wife and to praise what he calls the way of a man with a maiden. God isn't against romantic love or attraction. He created it, but he wants the right use of it. And the right use of it is within the context of a committed, loving marriage. Outside of that design, it deforms the character and destroys what it was supposed to build. God makes his condemnation of using for our own selfish reasons the sexual nature he designed to help build up the marital relationship in passages such as 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. God even enshrined marital fidelity within one of the very Ten Commandments themselves. Commandment number seven, which says very simply, you shall not commit adultery. Any use of sexuality outside of the marriage covenant instituted by Almighty God harms the integrity of the divine design of marriage and the family and wreaks havoc on family structure. As the creator and designer of sexuality, God is the only one fully qualified to instruct us as to its proper use and awesome purpose. As the living God, he commands that it be used properly, not because he likes making up arbitrary rules, but because he loves us and wants us to be truly happy and complete in marriages and families that are a joy to experience. 
through the simple but beautiful institution of marriage, God put in place the elements needed to build the foundation of family and thus human civilization itself. If we choose to play God and convince ourselves that we can come up with something better, then it's only a matter of time before we reap the full consequences of that lack of vision. As marriage goes, so goes civilization. Is marriage truly dead? What will be the ultimate fate of marriage? There is very good news, and we'll discuss that in the last part of our program. But first, let me give you one more opportunity to request our free booklet, God's Plan for Happy Marriage. Before you run out of time, please write for this booklet. Written by Roderick C. Meredith, a presenter here in our program and a minister of Jesus Christ for more than 60 years, this book is a remarkable source of godly wisdom and practical application for putting God's plan for marriage into action in your life. Whether you're already married, you plan on getting married in the future, or you know someone who might benefit from this informative booklet, please take advantage of this opportunity to request a copy today. It really is completely free with no obligation and no one will ask you for any money or contribution. Simply call, write, or visit our website today to receive your free copy of God's Plan for Happy Marriage. To request today's free informative offer, visit us on the internet at tomorrowsworld.org. Go to tomorrowsworld.org. Welcome back. In our previous segment, we saw how God designed marriage to be essential to the foundation of society and that the slow demise of marriage we've been experiencing in our modern culture over the last half century or so is intimately tied to the accelerating breakdown of that culture. Almighty God, the ever-living one, designed marriage, and we tinker with his design and try to improve on it at our peril. As he tells us through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 55 and verse 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It is an astonishing arrogance to think that we can improve on the design of our creator in his creation of marriage and our civilization will pay a price for that arrogance. However, as we constantly teach here on Tomorrow's World, this current age is not the end of the story. The disrespect, brutality, and selfish attitudes that are infecting every facet of our societies, attitudes that are nurtured by a lack of reverence for true godly marriage, will indeed continue, but they will also come to an end. God does not intend to leave us here to our own devices until we destroy ourselves. Rather, he has promised to send his son, Jesus Christ, back to this earth in glory and power to restore the government of God and to restore true knowledge as he rules with his saints for a thousand years. Then we will know the times described by Isaiah in chapter 11 and verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. As the waters cover the sea. And how do the waters cover the sea? They cover it completely. 
Jesus Christ will return to this earth and restore so much that was lost to it under the deception of Satan the devil, including the principles that make for godly marriages, knowledge that produces true peace and happiness and fulfillment. May God hurry that day. But you and I don't have to wait until that day. There's no reason that we can't enjoy the benefits of godly marriage today, now. Whether we're experiencing frustration or challenges in our marriage, or whether we already have a wonderful marriage, but we want to see how we can make it an even better one. God provides in His Word specific principles you and I can apply right now in our lives to make our marriages all they can be. In the booklet we have for you today, there's so much more than I could ever go over in a program this short. It'll answer questions about the divine purpose for marriage and discuss the importance of communication and trust, the purpose of sex within marriage and romance. This free booklet will be a blessing to you or to someone you know. So please don't forget to request it using the information you wrote down from today's program. If you'd like more information about true Christian doctrine or Bible prophecy with startling insights on today's news, you can find us on the internet at tomorrowsworld.org as well as on Facebook and Twitter. And of course, you can find us right here next week. So join us next week where Roderick Meredith, Richard Ames, Rod King and I will strive to give you unique perspectives on the world around us straight from the pages of your Bible. So take care and we'll see you right here next week. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. To request today's free informative offer, visit us on the internet at tomorrowsworld.org. Go to tomorrowsworld.org. Or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.